Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. For the word this morning, come on, are you ready for the word? The Lord has been ever since we moved in this building. The Lord has moved supernaturally. I, I mean, who was here last week? It was powerful. Uh, the Lord g- released gifts of word of knowledge, and people just got zapped by the power of God. I'm doing, a, I'm continuing a series called More Than Conquerors, but it's not uh, what we think. The, the series is about uh, stories in Scripture and in real life about the need and the necessity of the body of Christ, watch this, not to be a spiritual wimp, so to speak, but to overcome every adversity and trial they have through, cer- through certain principles and testimonies. So I want us to pray right now, and let's turn to Joshua chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, if you have your tablet, if you, just ha- if you have a phone, make sure you're not on Facebook or Twitter. Glory to God. Let's make sure we're in the Word. Get your Bible app, and let's go to Joshua chapter 7. We have a lot for our community we want to offer in the next couple of months. But I'm building your faith so that you can, listen to me, stop depending on a pastor or a friend to make you overcome in life. Come on. So I want to start praying, and I want you guys to release the reality that we have. By the way, we have a dynamic youth ministry that I forgot to say. Every Wednesday, rooted with Pastor John, it is dynamic. They have about 50 young people already over there in that youth building. And very soon, they're going to have a little uh, cafe uh, bar with food, with specialty food that we could all Bye. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for our community. We thank you for the word. Let it bring forth fire. I pray encouragement for every single person here, Lord God, that we don't take it for granted, that we're not just checking each other out, but we're coming for you. We're coming for you, not just to check the building, not to check each other, but to, Lord, look to you. Encourage us today. Release your anointing, Father, and release an anointing on me and those to hear in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Let's turn to Joshua chapter 7, and, and, and uh, we, we still have a couple of needs. This is a 65-inch TV, by the way, and it's a little dwarf compared to this big monster thing. So we're looking at an 85-inch screen TV over here and then over there. We just added more speakers over there, so eventually we'll have a fuller sound. We need some sound panels here. So all this, by the way, for those of you who are new, costed us about 50000 60000 and none of it is in debt. We paid it from our checking account, and we're like, oh, my God. Praise God, we got a little scared, but we don't owe anything to anybody. Amen? Glory to God. We had brand new sound equipment, so just believe with us for a bigger screen. And we're going to have a bigger screen there. We're going to have a bigger screen on the other side so you guys won't see and go like this all the time, okay? Joshua chapter 7. You can smile at me. That was a joke, but it's okay. <laughs> Verse 1. Are you ready? Get your Bibles out in the New King James. I want, I'm going to read about 13 verses here, and then I want to go ahead and dive into this. Are you ready? Now, there's going to be a reason why I talk about this. At first, you're going to say, why is Pastor George talking about a story that has to do with defeat. Let me tell you something. You, you, you don't only need to know strategies on overcoming to overcome. You need to know strategies of defeat to be able to know what, how to overcome. If you don't know what brings you defeat, you won't know how to overcome. I'm preaching early, but it's okay. Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. Are you ready? Here it goes. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi... The son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, and the tribe of Judah took the accursed thing so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Verse 2. Then Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai. Now, this is important. Say Ai. Say Ai. It's a funny name, but it's, it's, it, okay. it's important in this message. Send, message, uh, send mes- uh, messengers to Ai. Now, Ai is a town. It's a city. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break that down in a second so you understand. All right, which is beside Beth Aven on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So they went up and, and spied out Ai. Look at me for a second before I continue. The whole book of Joshua is about conquering. If you ever speak, ever read the book of Joshua, really, I encourage you to read Joshua at least the whole book, but from chapter 1 to verse 10, the boy didn't play. I mean, he conquered to the point where I was reading it the other day, and victory after victory, conquer after conquer. And not only did he conquer, he wiped out every city. He didn't leave anybody. He annihilated all the evil people back in those days. Just those who were against the Lord, he just totally, totally took the whole city. Why do I say that? Because you're going to realize as we keep reading that this is a, a moment 
where he's about to go and conquer again like he's used to doing. All right? But look at the difference in this time. Look at verse 5. Sorry, uh, verse 3. Verse 3. And his spies, they returned to Joshua and said to him, watch this, guys. Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people. There are few in number. In other words, in 2017 language, it's not a big deal. Listen, this is prophetic. That little thing over there is not a big deal. So let's not really prepare for it. Let's not get too amped up about it. Let's forget about all the things that we did up to this point. And don't send that much concentration or focus on this because it's a little problem. It's a little thing. Say little. All right, say it's a little thing. All right, look at verse 4. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled, this mighty army of Israel, they fled before the army of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men, for the, they chased them from, the, from before the gate as far as Shebarim, and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, they, their hearts of the people melted and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on the face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, they put dust on their head. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over to the Jordan, watch this, from the Jordan at all, to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we would have been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say? When Israel turns their back before their enemies, for the, the, the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off the name of the, your great name. Could you see the picture of what's happening? Gee, I mean, Joshua is like weeping and crying, and he's discouraged because of defeat. But it's okay to be discouraged, but it's okay also to know why defeat happened. Come on, church, I'm going to say something to you. It's important to know why we lose battles. It's important to know why we are losing some ground when we're supposed to be overcomers all the time. And I love the response of God. You know, you know when God is amazing because when, when God tells us something, he doesn't, re, he doesn't respond like us. Especially, oh, you guys are here. Glory to God. How are you doing? Sorry. They come away from Wisconsin. like kind of like, woo. God doesn't respond like us, like, Ivan Tito, are you okay? Come here. Come here. Are you, are you bad? Are you, are you discouraged? Come here. Come here. I'm going to warm you up. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Joshua is crying because he's defeated. He's got defeated by this little thing. This is important. The Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie on your face? I, if that was me, we were like, what? Don't you see I'm crying, God? Don't you see I'm like in tears because I just defeated. He goes, get up. Wipe the tears off your face. Get up. I'm like, what? Israel, why? this is God saying, get up, Joshua. Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. For they have taken some of the accursed things. Now the accursed things was something that in the previous chapter God says, when you take over Jericho, don't touch the spoils. Just go ahead and take over the land, but don't touch the spoils. But there was, a little, there was a little leaven in the camp. There was a little thing that they didn't deal with that they thought was no big deal, and they touched the spoils. His name was Achan, all right? Now look, now, now, now look at two verse. Uh, it says, take some of the cursed things. They have both stolen, delivered, and they have put, also put their own stuff. It's, it's important to, 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 to note that it wasn't the whole tribe of Israel that did that. It was just one person. It was one little element in their family. Come on, I'm getting somewhere with this. Because sometimes we tend to focus on the big things and not look at the little things that are still remaining in us, the little compromises, the little things, the little AIs in our life that don't need a lot of focus and attention. And we miss out on the fact that if we don't pay attention also to the little things, those little things will become giants over time and destroy us. It's the, it's the little things that God is after and not the big. Now, now watch this. I want you to, I want you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this, this discourse by going to um, the, the last verse. Get up. Look at verse 13. Jump to verse 13. Get up, 
Sanctify the people and say, thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You can't, watch, watch, watch this prophetically. You cannot stand before your enemy until you deal with this thing. Come on, Holy Spirit. You cannot stand against the devil. Let's just say, the enemy, if you don't deal with, watch this, this little thing. See, you have to understand, uh, if you could look at me for a second. This story is so significant. Why did I start with this story? I'm going to tell you this, all right? Because this story comes right after the greatest victory in Joshua's life and ministry. The greatest time in the moment, in, in, in one of the greatest moments in Joshua's life, is when he took over Jericho and they marched seven days and they had a prayer meeting and they marched and they, they marched for miles and for days until that fortified city came tumbling down. And when they, the walls came down, you saw it was like, I'm going to use like a, a street word, they bum rushed the city. And they got a hold of the city, and they claimed the city. Now, watch, watch. This, you would think, this is going to be easy for them. They just conquered one of the biggest cities in, uh, in that place, and one of the hardest places, the fortify. They knocked it down, and they completely got the victory. Right after that victory, this happened. Why? Because AI, I'm going to give you a Bible lesson, was a town or a city of only 12,000 people. The Bible says that Ai had 12, could you imagine a city, a little town of just 12,000 people? The mighty army of Israel didn't need a whole, they didn't think that they needed to pay attention, hear me now, hear me now, with the little enemies that are lying within that place. The little realities that live within that temple, or 2017 version, the little compromises that we don't want to talk about, that we deem too insignificant to talk about or to even deal with, because by the way, they're not pornography or drug addiction or killing somebody. Because as long as we're only looking at the big things, we're going to ignore the little things that attempt to destroy us. And the message that I want to bring today is in order for you to overcome, you need to identify the little compromises that are creeping up in your spirit, in your mind, and the little grumblings in your heart that you don't want, you don't even deal with because it's small. Come on, man. It's small. It's the little AIs in your, in your, in your heart that you say, don't. Don't put too much focus on that. It's just moodiness. It's just crankiness. Come on, come on, somebody. It's just, it's just a little complaining. It's not pornography. Oh, come on, I'm preaching good right now. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not murder. It's not stealing. Come on, it's just a little cranky. It's just a little bit of, it's just a little bit of, of wanting my way. And then a little wanting of your way will produce into rebellion against authority, against your boss, against your, against your teachers. Against, against, and that little leaven will leaven the whole lump. I'm here to tell you, if you don't get anything today, pay attention to the little things that you're not paying attention to. Because that's what caused Israel to be defeated. Because they thought that they could ignore the little things that were still in the camp. The, li- the, little, the little things that we deem insignificant. This story is a classic story, watch this, of oversight. And oversight will kill you because you think, you know what the Bible says in Corinthians? You know what Paul said in Corinthians? Be careful when you think you stand. Come on church, you can preach at me. Lest you fall. Paul the apostle says don't get to a place where you think you got it all because, watch this, the favor of God is in your ministry or the favor of the Lord is in your life or there's rapid success. You better be careful and not look at all the blessings that are happening in your life, come on, and not deal with the little things that are creeping up that for years have been inside of you and you, you wanted to ignore them because it's not a big deal. I'm here to announce boldly, it's time to make a big deal of what you think is not a big deal. Because those things that you say that are not a big deal, those little AIs that live in your heart, come on, that live in your house, come on, that live in your ministry, or that live in your, in your work, those little AIs of 12,000 little troops, surely, surely it's not going to bother the great favor in your life right now. Or the great gifting in your life right now. I'm preaching good here. So AI represents the little hidden things that we tend to ignore because we think it's no big deal. But here is a prophetic declaration to us. Are you ready? Are you ready? The Bible says you will not be able to stand against your enemies until you deal with that little thing. 
You will not. It's, it's just one person. Literally, it was one guy, Aiken, but it was in the city of Ai, a little city, a little town. And they got defeated. And God says, it doesn't matter if it's little in your eyes, it's big in my eyes. Because cancer, watch this, starts off undetected and small. And once cancer gets a hold of you, sometimes you don't even know that it's in there because it's so microscopically small. And they'll end up growing unless you deal with it and recognize it. I said unless you recognize it and deal with it. Now put the first slide up there. Put the first slide up there, Zach. Here's, here is, here is the, 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 the facts of life. Are you ready? Look up at the screen. It's usually after our greatest victories that our greatest test presents itself to us. It's usually, at, can, can anybody say amen to that? It's usually after our greatest triumphs, watch this, that our greatest test comes. Why? Because we're still on the high of the victory of just yesterday. And we let down our guard and we say, you know what? I'm going to say 2017 version. We have to be careful as our RCC community because we're experiencing the favor of God right now. But don't forget what got you there. Don't forget that in 10, 11 months that God has supernaturally given us a building. But if you're not careful, you will not deal with these little things and you will lose humility. You will lose, you will lose obedience. You will lose the favor of God in your life. Because you're not dealing with this pride that has started to come at you, then you will be defeated in your homes and in your life. Why? Because you can't just look at how God is blessing you. You have to deal with the little things. Say the little things. Come on, say the little things. So it's right after a big victory in your life that the enemy is right around the corner to release the biggest test in your life. Why? Because that is when subliminally we tend to set, uh, set our guard down. Think about the times you've had great victories. You say, well, man, I'm good. I'm going to coast for a couple of days. God just delivered me from years of battling whatever or believing for this thing or believing for my family member. And, you just, and we, we let our guard down. And guess what happens when you let our guard down? When you let your guard down, your conviction level comes down too, and then it opens the door for the enemy for temptation and sin. Come on, RCC. Do you know, watch this, watch this, watch this. Look, look at me. Do you know that, that rat poison is less than 10% strychnine poison? Rat poison is less, if you look at the ingredients, the actual strychnine poison that kills you is about 8 or 9%. 90-something percent is edible drinking water, but it's the 9% that kills you. If you drink rat poison, 90% of that ingredient is edible, but that's not what's killing you. Oh, come on, church. It's the little AIs in that rat poison that is causing us to be defeated. Why? Because the enemy knows that he's looking. Listen, here's what the Bible says. The enemy grows around like a roaring lion. Watch this. Seeking those he may devour. That means some he can't devour, but he seeks those he can. Those that he can. I remember Jeremiah Johnson uh, recently, I saw something. He's a prophet of the Lord, and he said he had a dream of this big principality, demonic principality, coming to America, and he stood as a watchman, uh, as a watchman, and he said, and he, and he looked at it, and he, and he saw a big book of it, and when he saw the big, this book and this principality, it said, the gospel of accommodation in this, in this vision, the, the gospel of comfort, you don't want to meet me to preach good on that topic right now. Most churches have become gospel of comfort and don't deal with the little AIs in my life. Don't even dare to say the word sit in church anymore because then people will leave. Don't, don't talk about holiness. Don't talk about, don't talk about the fear of the Lord. That's not a good church growth program. Well, guess what? If we're trying to emulate Jesus, then we are all off because he was not into church growth programs. He was about to get people right with God. So, so, so watch this. So he, he's, he's getting to that place, he's getting to that place where he realizes the Lord is causing you to understand the little things that are happening that are going to destroy you. Can I hear an amen? The, this is why you need to understand this principle. If we put the next slide up, if we don't deal with the small compromises in our life, they will eventually become bondages in our lives. And read that again. If we don't deal with the compromises in our lives, they will eventually grow into, say, bondage. I want you to start looking at the little things in your life. 
Because, watch this, some of us are using our God-given personality, our God-given personality, as an excuse for your perpetual moodiness. Do you hear what I said? Well, that God, God has created me that way. I, I, and, and listen, God didn't create you to be moody all the time. Come on, say amen, PG. God didn't create you to be cranky all the time. If, if people are constantly afraid of you, or if you have a personality that can't submit to authority, first of all, I don't want you in our team. And number two, that's not God. If you have a personality that's real rough and gets offended real easy, let me tell you, those are the little AIs in your life, and some of us are using our personality as an excuse to keep going that, living that way. Well, Pastor George, I can't change because that's my personality. No, you could change. Well, Pastor George, you don't understand. Sometimes, you know, I just punch people every now and then. I mean, this, that's, I, I mean, when I get moody, I mean, God understands. That's how he made me. No, he didn't. <laughs> every now and then, you know, I just, I don't like to submit to authority because, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't want people to push me around. Because, you know, I've been in churches and they push me around, so I'm not going to push, I'm not going to let people push me around. Guys, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. So here's what I, I want to say this to you. Look at me for a second. It's not the big foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little foxes. Put that scripture up there in Song of Solomon so they know. Song of Solomon, in chapter 2, I believe, in verse 14 and 15, said something powerful. Look at this. It's talking about fruitfulness in our love for God. All right? My beloved is to me a cluster of henna blooms in the vineyard of Engadi. Don't even know what that means. <laughs> Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair with doves. Eyes. You getting the wrong right, chapter 2. No, that's chapter 1. I was like, okay, wait. Put chapter 2 on there. No wonder I didn't know what that meant. Come on. Come on, Zach. You got to make me look good, baby. All right, there you go. I'm like, am I off or something? Okay. Oh, my dove, this is what I want to talk to you about. Oh, my dove, the clefts of the rock in the secret place of the cliff. Let me see your face. Oh, watch this. Let me hear your voice. For your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Look at the next verse. Catch us the foxes. Everybody say this. The little. The little. Come on, say it like you, you mean it. The little foxes that spoil the vine. It's not the big things. It's not the big pornography. It's not the big drug addiction. Because let me hear, have news for you. Most people that are in the Lord for a while, God, hear me now, this is going to be good, is not necessarily after your big stuff. He's after your little stuff. And I want to say this is going to offend some of you. God is not just after your little stuff. He's after the good stuff. He's after the good stuff that some of times, sometimes the little good stuff, if it's not properly channeled right, could become an idol in our life. And that in itself could destroy you. Like overemphasis of your health or overemphasis of money, overemphasis of ministry. Let me tell you, and you're going to throw something at me. Even the idol that has come today in some form is small, but if, if you don't recognize it, it will be like an AI to you and it will catch you by surprise. It's the idolatry of putting our children before God. I said this to my leaders, and I hope you receive this well. Now, and there's nothing wrong with soccer games. There's nothing wrong with baseball games. But now you're in, some people are enslaved because little Johnny is going to practice five days a week. And what suffers is prayer time, family time. And it suffers is, hey, you know what, I can't read the word today. Or I can't go to church today because little Johnny has baseball games. Now, now, please don't get that because I love baseball games. I love family time. But let's just be honest. God to the Christian is not looking at the big, big things because that's very recognizable. What stealth, what the enemy uses is the little things because we don't look at those things. And if you're not careful, the things that are good could become an idol in your life. I'm preaching better than you're saying amen today. L listen to this. I'm going I'm to say something really powerful to you. Put the next slide up, and this is where I'm going to hit home. Watch this. Are you getting something this morning? AI is small, but it's a, it's, if you need to overcome, you need to look at, at the AI, okay, in your life. Look the next slide up. One, oh, this is going to be good. You're going you're gonna to love me, hopefully, after this. One of the reasons that people don't recognize their personal AIs is because of overconfidence. And look at that little parentheses in there, which is really a form of pride. <laughs> overconfidence, you didn't get a lot of amens on that, Amen. Only the, only, only the people that have gone through that, it's like, amen. Overconfidence 
is a form of pride. I'm going to say that again. If you don't recognize your personal AIs, the little things, the little attitudes that eventually will trap you, the little things that you think is not big sins or big compromises, if you don't recognize that, you'll become overconfident. Watch this. And overconfidence is a form of pride. Say pride. Now, how how do we become overconfident? Hear me now. This is important for Christians. We become overconfident. Christians become overconfident, A, in their longevity or tenure in the Lord. Well, you know, come on, Pastor Joe, I've been, I've, been, I've been serving the Lord for 20 years. You can't tell me that I need to be, or, or God, God, I really don't need it. I'm, I'm pretty mature in this area. God has given me the victory over this. So listen, don't worry about that. I've been, listen, you can't tell me anything because I've been serving the Lord longer than you. Listen, you can't, you, can't, you can't tell me to release this thing out of my life because it's not a big deal. Listen, I got this. When you say I got this, that's a recipe for disaster. Because God doesn't say you got this. God says, I will fight the battle for you. You yield to the Holy Spirit, then greater is he. Watch, watch, watch. Watch. A lot of people say, well, the Bible says rebuke the devil and he'll flee. No, it doesn't. It says submit to God, resist the devil, then he'll flee. The fleeing comes from your submitting. Not you're just rebuking. You can rebuke all you want, baby, but if you're not submitting and humbling yourself to the Lord, he's not going to give you the power for the devil to resist. Submit to God, resist the devil, then he'll flee. Not just resist the devil. It's submit to God, right? Submit, resist the devil, and he'll flee. Watch this. Overconfidence in your longevity. Overconfidence. Oh, look, look at this. Look, look at this. Look at me. Especially for the charismatic church. Overconfidence in Christians comes by your experiences in God. Your, I've, I've gone to the third heaven and I was praying and I had these visions of Paul and and Peter and I saw Jesus himself. Okay, great. If you're not careful, you will put your experiences as overconfidence not to look at the AIs in your life. Come on, church. Yeah, you know what, because I prayed five hours yesterday and the Holy Ghost smacked me and I was shaking for two hours and the Lord spoke to me for two hours. Great. If the Lord spoke to you for two hours, are you still unsubmissive to your husband? Are you still unsubmissive to leadership? Are you still unsubmissive to your boss? Come on. Amen. I'm not getting any amens on that. It's all right. Do you still have a cranky attitude? Do you still, it's the little things that you're worrying. Listen, listen. You know what the Bible is after? He's after not only what you speak, but what you don't speak. Come on, Holy Ghost. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 19, David said, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. In other words, not only what people hear, I want it to be pleasing in your sight. What everybody doesn't hear that I war with, I want to be pleasing in your sight. What, what The inner things that I say to myself, I can't stand that guy. That's the part I want to deal with. I hate it when Pastor Joy says that. And, and it never comes out of your mouth. But let me tell you, or, or I hate when my husband says that. Or I hate when, I hate when my boss says that. Those little things in time, if you don't deal with them, will overtake you. Just like it overtook Joshua and the people. Look at this. Look at this. Joshua was so, and the Israelites were so used to winning that they forgot. Watch this. I need you to hear me. They lost track of what got them there in the beginning. Hear hear me. Please, please, please. Joshua was so used to winning that he forgot about the Aspects of humility, fear the Lord, obedience, loving people, serving people, and he got puffed up with his self-confidence. He says, this is not a big deal. My God, I feel the Lord on that. The moment you get to a place in your life that says, this little compromise is not really bondage. I mean, it's just part of my personality, and I know I wound people every now and then, and I know sometimes I fall in this area, but it's really no big deal. That's what Israel thought. I'm here to tell you something very important. I want you to hear me. Look, look, lock at me for a second. It's possible, and I'm going to show it by scripture right now. It's possible to start off, watch this, from the favor directly from the Lord. In other words, it wasn't by mistake. The favor of God actually is on your life because of humility, obedience, the fear of the Lord. And it's possible that the same God that gave you this supernatural favor in your life because of the things that you were posturing your heart in could actually take away the favor of God if you allowed those AIs to live in your life. I'm going to prove it to you that you could start off 
good and end up prideful because of overconfidence and not dealing with the little AIs in your life. And God, not the devil, God will take away the favor of God over your life. You say, that's all testament. That's, no, no, no. It's a principle. It's a principle. Don't think that just because we have favor in our ministry now that we can't continue with humility and expect the same results. Come on. We have to continue because if overconfidence in your own strength, you say, wow, look at us, look at us, it will destroy everything that God, listen, that's the plan of the enemy. Church, please hear me now. I feel the burning in my heart of this. The plan of the enemy is, is to come in disguise. And how he comes in disguise is not by big drug addictions or big things because everyone sees that. How he comes in is, look at us. Wow, look what God, look what, look at me now. Look at, look at this. This is, this is pretty awesome. And if you don't deal with these little things, it'll come up and snatch you. Watch this. Watch. Look at this. This is good stuff. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians 26. Oh, this is good. Say amen if you're getting something. 2 Chronicles 26. Look at this. I'm, I'm going to have the worship team up in just a minute here, but I want you to look at this. I'm doing really good in time. I'm proud of myself. <laughs> Second Chronicles, look at this. Second Chronicles chapter 26. I want you to see this. I want you to see someone, hear me now, that started with the favor of God in his life because he was humble. Say humble. That's right, you can say it. Say humble. I, I feel led to say this. Say, I need humility in my life. I need to walk in humility. And sometimes it's okay to be corrected. As a matter of fact, your level of humility will be tested by how you respond to correction. Let me just keep on going uh, right now. So, 2 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Chronicles, I always say Corinthians. 2 Chronicles chapter 26, look at verse 3, all right? Look at it on the screen. Uzziah was, I want you to see the story of this man, okay, who started off good, all of us in this boat. My challenge today, deal with the personal AIs in your life. What are the small, what, don't answer me, but what are the small things that are, keep, that are keeping you um, lack of victory? That it's just, just, it keeps biting you a little bit. It's like mosquito bites, you know, you could be like, like this all the time. But you know what, you overcome them, but if you don't deal with them, you're going to start really aching over time, all right? Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. Can you imagine a 16-year-old being president of the United States? I want all the Nintendo and Wii and, and Switch and games right now. That's what I want, right? Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. Watch this. I'm going to show you something very powerful. His mother was Jecoliah from Jerusalem. Glory to God for that name. Look at the next verse. Look at the next uh, verse five, three. Uh, yeah, he did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Church, did you see this? The Holy Spirit is actually highlighting Uzziah's obedience. He did what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord just as his father. So wait, time out. Is the devil saying this about him or is God saying this about him? God's saying this about him. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. In other words, he started off right in his ministry. He started off with humility, like many of us. He started, and then God, because he saw those things, he started raising him up. Be careful when you start being raised up really quickly. Can I just say something, a little side note that I continue? When Paul the Apostle told Timothy, don't lay hands on no man suddenly, it's not the charismatic definition of what we think that is. Like, don't lay hands on the altar suddenly. Then all of us would be sinning because everyone does that. Fire, 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 fire. Oh, you're sinning because Paul said don't lay hands on Sunday. No, that's not what that means. He says don't bestow leadership on a novice because laying hands on somebody was a form of bestowing leadership and gifting on someone and affirming them. And, the, and Paul told Timothy, the novices are good, but if you raise them up real quick without the process of maturity and character, they will mess people up and hurt you and hurt the ministry. Don't raise someone in leadership up right away before they deal with this immaturity stuff that they have. They have to work it out, right? So look, he did what, look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. Come on, come on. Uzziah, look at this, guys. This is insane. Uzziah sought God. Say sought God. Come on, say sought God. These are all good things. Do you remember what happened when you got saved and you just spent hours with the Lord? And you just didn't care if the music was bad or if it, was, it had no sound at all. You just, like, you, you just heard a cappella. You were like, oh. 
Now as we evolve in our Christianity, we stop seeking the Lord because the sound is not right, the music is not right, Bethel is not playing, come on Holy Ghost. Or it's not gospel, or it's not country, it's not Spanish, whatever. The presence of God is the presence of God, however it comes, right? He sought God during the days of Zechariah who taught him to fear God. And as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to success, to be a success. As long as he did the little things, God created success. Look at verse 16. No, so verse 8. Look at verse 8. Jump to verse 8. The Midianites, this is a little thing, paid annual tribute to Uzziah, and his fame spread even to Egypt. Could you imagine how if God raises you up like that? You gotta, you gotta, what's truly in you will be exposed not only when you get corrected, but also when you get elevated. Ooh, that's good. What's truly in you, oh, man, I feel the Lord on that. The tr- what's truly inside of you will start to come out in time, not only how you respond to correction, but when God elevates you to a place of prominence and influence, then you'll see your true heart. Oh, as his fame spread to Egypt, for he had been, watch this, very powerful. Look at verse 16. 15, sorry, Jack, you're right. 15. Look at verse 15. And he produced machines. These are all resumes of Uzziah. Machines that mounted up on the walls of Jerusalem. This is back when before technology. Designed by experts to shoot arrows and hurl stones from the towers and the corners of the wall. His fame spread far and wide. For the Lord gave him marvelous help. Marvelous help. Marvelous help. And he became very powerful. Look at verse 16. Guys, I need you to land on this. But when he had become powerful. Woo! He also became proud. Now this is a guy who started off, the Bible says he did the the right things of the Lord. He pleased the Lord. This is God. God God is not crazy. God actually said he, he started off right. He did what's good. When he became powerful, he became proud, which led to his downfall. Church, these are the AIs that I'm talking about. Watch this now. He sinned against the Lord his God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the altar, which was only reserved for the priests to do. But you get to a point where God has elevated you so much that you go outside your lane. You go outside your realm of authority and say, hey, I need to do this because look how God is blessing me. Watch. Look at this. This is key. Look at verse 20. Uh, uh, I need the worship team to come up here, please. Oh, this is powerful. I need the worship team to come up here. The Bible says that as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, he, God made him to prosper. Now, if you continue, which I'm not because of time, in that story, he entered, Uzziah entered in to the, the, the temple to burn incense, and the priest confronted him and said, hey, Uzziah, this is not for you. Look at this, look at this, look at this. So, can I just be loving it here? God sometimes uses other people to pop your bubble. God uses the Holy Spirit, but he also uses people to say, hey, I know you're the king, Uzziah. I know you got it all right. I know you're good, but this is not for you. And the Bible says the priest withstood him. And you know the Bible says he became furious. Uzziah became furious. And as he's becoming furious, the Bible says leprosy broke out on his forehead. Leprosy came out of his forehead because he became proud. And you know what the Bible says? It's a sad thing. The Bible says for the rest of Uzziah's life, listen to me, he was a leper. Now wait, wait a minute now, wait a minute. These are the little, uh, sorry, AIs that was in Uzziah the whole time, and he never dealt with it. Do you realize, please listen to me what I'm saying. Do you realize that it was there all the time? It's just when God brought him to a place of prominence, it got squeezed out of him. I told you this before, but I'll say it again for those who are new. I remember years ago when I first got married, and, 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 you know, I was a virgin when I got married, and so was my wife. And we are proud of that, glory to God. That was a good time to clap, but it's okay, I'll, I'll keep going. Nowadays, nowadays it's not even cool anymore, even, not even in the church. Not even the church to stay pure before marriage. 
It's like, what? You were a virgin? Yeah, that's right. I was a virgin. I kept myself pure before marriage. Hallelujah. And so, I'm, so you know, here I am, you know, pretty much I got, got saved at 18, got married. Let me tell you something. Not only success will draw the little A's out of you, marriage will draw the A's out of you. Come on, say amen. Say amen. Say amen. Say amen. All the married folks know what we're talking about because they're going like this. They're like, amen, Pastor George. So here I am. I got married, you know, and, and I'm like, I'm pure. I've been saving myself. I'm consecrated. Everything's cool. And then I started getting real angry about little things. And I started, like, getting angry at my wife. Like, hey, I remember one time I said this before, but some of you guys are new. <laughs> but some of my old guys know what I'm talking about. I mean, we got, like, until, like, we, like, we had, like, plastic spoons. And, like, and she's throwing plastic spoons. And I'm ducking. And I'm throwing plastic knives at her. And she's ducking. And then I'm locking the door. And I'm like, ha-ha. I locked the door. And then you know what she did? I locked the door. And she put the breaker off so that we had, I had no light. I'm like, it's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I was like, oh. No. And I'm like, oh, you little Puerto Rican feisty little moo. Seriously, that's a true story. I locked, I locked the door in the bathroom. I was like, ha, she's not going to bother me no more. And, she threw, and in our apartment, she put the breaker off. So I was like, I couldn't see. I'm like, oh, my God. My point is. Here I am, I'm pure, watch this, I ignored the AIs of my childhood. I ignored the little AIs of little rejection here and there from church people. And I said, it's not that big of a deal. But inside, I was wounded. I ignored the AIs of pastors and leaders who did me wrong. I'm like, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. All these experiences. And guess what? Pure old Pastor George kept himself pure. I started getting angry and started yelling. And, and, and I remember one time, this is a true story. This, this doesn't sound like it. I looked at myself in the mirror. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and just talked? Then I'm not the only weird guy. Because <laughs> I'm like, what's wrong with you? I'm looking at myself in the mirror, Xavier, seriously. And I'm, I'm like, what's wrong with you? You're not this way. Because I was like, like, I started realizing, man, this is overtaking me. This is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. How many could relate? And I'm like, this is not me. What's wrong with you? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, son, this has been you all along. I'm just allowing marriage to pull it out of you. I go, what? How many know when God speaks, he knows you a little bit better than you? I go, what are you talking about? And I heard the Lord gently again, this has always been inside of you, but you never dealt with it. You never dealt with it, and now it's coming out when you are in a relationship. Same thing in your job. Same thing if you have a leadership position. Let me tell you, I, I'm very careful. I'm very careful to put people in leadership positions if I find that they have a, a semblance of those AIs in them that they didn't deal with and they become rebellious. Why? Because then it's going to hurt the whole ministry. It's going to hurt people. Listen, I said it before, hurt people will hurt people. Not intentionally, we're just going to do it because we're human. Now watch. I'm, I'm going to close with this. There has to be a time and a place where we return and identify these AIs. Let's look at the last slide. Here's the good news. Say there's good news. Say there's good news. Look at the last slide. And then I'm going to read a scripture. And then we're going to put our feet on the necks of our compromise today. We're going to put our feet on the necks of our little AIs. Come on. How many of you, while I'm speaking today, are recognizing the little AIs? Remember, AI was 12,000 people, that's all. And they lost, not because they were a more inferior army than AI. They lost because they sent 3,000 people on purpose because they felt it was a no big deal. You need to hear that. What are you calling no big deal that has been part of your life all your life? And you're like, it's not a big deal. God is asking you to do that because you will not be able to stand against the enemy if you don't deal with these little things. Stop focusing on the big things and look at the little things. God wants to release blessing on you, but don't ignore those little things that you say, it's no big deal. Look at this. Once you identify and deal with the compromises in your life, what once brought you pain will be used as a tool to defeat the enemy. And you know what that tool is called? Your testimony. Do you know that the very instrument that brought you pain can be the very instrument that 
that crushes the neck of the enemy. Why? It's called testimony. When you have gone through pain and now the enemy is bringing that tool to you to bring pain. Once you deal with that little compromise, once you deal with that pain, you snatch the tool from him and that very tool that caused you pain now is in your hand to beat the enemy up because of your testimony. Once you deal with it, you will put your feet up. Look, look at what happened to Joshua. Joshua, let's turn to the last scripture, and then we're going to pray. Joshua chapter um, Joshua chapter uh, 10. Now fast forward. This is the last scripture. Are you getting something? Are you feeling the Holy Spirit speak to you? Joshua now was, was, uh, suffered the defeat. And in Joshua 9 and 10, it was the biggest story other than Jericho where God granted a supernatural prayer. Watch this. Hear me now. To overcome the enemy. He used his pain and his experience, hear me now, Joshua used pain and experience to now defeat the enemy. Other than the Holy Spirit, the greatest tool that you have is what you go through. Now watch. He said, I'm not going to make the same mistake again. He prayed to the Lord that he would stop the sun. <laughs> Joshua said, Lord, can you imagine that radical prayer right now if I say, Lord, I want to have services into tomorrow because the Holy Spirit's coming. Stop the sun over all the earth. Jo the Lord stopped the sun until he pursued all his enemies. Now here's the key. The enemies had to be pursued and identified for them to be defeated. It just didn't happen magically while you're sitting in a pew. It's identifying and saying, where are you? Where are you hiding? I'm going after you. You're no longer tormenting me anymore. You're no longer coming after me anymore. I'm going to do something about it. Watch this. There were five kings in that story that, that got together. Hear me. Now, this is powerful. Five kings that said, hey, let's go against Joshua because he's too powerful. So cities united, presidents united, kings united, so to speak, to stop Joshua. Now, watch this. You're going to be happy with me. Look at chapter 10, verse 3. Look at verse 3. Are you ready? I said, are you ready? How many are ready to put your foot on the neck of your compromise? Are you ready? Therefore, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, sent Oham, king of Hebron, Param, king of Jermoth, Japhat, the king of Lashish, and Jerobah, king of Eglon, saying, watch this, Come up to me and help me that we may attack Gibeon. For this made, they made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. Look at this. Look at this. Therefore the five kings. I have a little theory. I, I, spiritually the five kings represents the little five AIs and strongholds that are creeping in your life. Therefore the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmuth, the king of Lashish, the king. All these had kings with armies, okay? Watch this. They gathered together, they went up, and they gathered all their armies. Imagine five different countries gathering just to go into against one little, little army with Joshua. And they camped before Gibeon and made war against it. Look at verse 16. Jump to verse 16. Here it goes. But these five kings had fled and hidden themselves. In other words, the Lord was bringing victory to Joshua. Here it is. Now watch. Jump, jump over to 22. Here's the key to my message right now. Look at verse 22. Joshua said, open the mouth of the cave and bring those five kings outside of the cave. Watch this, watch this. Hear me, hear me. These five kings were running away because they saw that Joshua returned to deal with Ai. And they were fleeing and hiding in a cave because they knew where they were about to defeat it. Your Ais are hiding in your spiritual cave. They're hiding so that you won't deal with them. They're trying to hide and convince you that it's not a big deal. Your attitude that you have is not a big deal. The, the, the little crankiness that you have is not a big deal. The little lust that you have is not a big deal. The little anger that you have, that's not a big deal. They're hiding in a cave. Watch this. Watch this. And they did so. And they brought out those five kings to him from the cave, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jermoth, and the king of Lashish, and the king of Eglon. Watch this. And it was so, I love this, that when they brought out the kings to Joshua, that Joshua called the men of Israel and said to the captains of the men of war, come near, put your feet on their neck. Come near, put your feet on their neck. 
of these kings, and they drew near and put their feet on their necks. I love that because Joshua is saying, I'm not going to do it. All of you that you are afflicted by these little AIs and these little things, now it's your turn. Now I've identified them. I call them out the cave. Boys, put your feet on their neck. There's nothing like having the backing of the Father to say, you know what? I have the enemy out here. Hey, children, put your feet on that neck. And by yourself, you'd be like, no. But you have the Father and you got Mufasa behind you, right? You got, you got God. He's saying, put your feet on that neck. They're not going to destroy you anymore. Watch this. I'm almost closing. Then Joshua said, do not be afraid or dismayed. Be strong and be of good courage. For thus saith the Lord, the Lord will do all of your enemies against who you fight. They will do this. Last verse. And afterward, Joshua struck them and killed them and hanged them on five trees. And they were hanging on the trees until evening. Here's what the Lord is saying. Once you deal with these little AIs, these little uh, prideful things that, have, that pop up, these little things that your, your longevity in the Lord, your gifting in the Lord, these little things that are causing defeat, what's happening when you deal with it in the spirit realm, he's going to cause you to put your feet on the neck of the enemies and so that you will be able to identify and have victory and be more than a conqueror. Because once you do, you will go back to that place of humility. You'll go back to the fear of the Lord. You'll go back to hearing God. You'll go back to loving people. You won't have a puffed up head. And once you go back to dealing with the AIs of your youth or of your childhood, then you'll be able and only will you then will you be able to stand against your enemies. The Lord is saying to you, what is your AI today? What is your AI? Stand to your feet. Come on. Stand to your feet. What is your AI this morning? I want you to see this. Your AI is anything that you think is not a big deal that God is dealing with you to get right. The little, the little foxes in your heart. The little, the little rebellion. The little uh, the, uh, uh, angst against of people, the little, the little wounds that have shaped you to be rough and to be tough and to be, and, and be lack of humility. Be careful. For some of you, it's not even that. To some of you, it's because you've been elevated. Be careful that you're not elevated so fast in your business, come on, or in your church or in your ministry that you become ignorant. But the Lord says once you deal with those things and put your neck on them, you will have victory over the AIs. I have an announcement to make, RCC. It's time for us to put our feet on the necks of our compromise. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.